Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name's Michaela. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the My Vinyasa Practice Podcast, Heartfelt Consciousness. My name is Michaela. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, we have Haley P. Law. Haley is a writer, editor, tarot reader, and yoga teacher. And today, she's going to share a little bit about tarot and what it looks like for her. Um, So let's start with how you are today, Haley. Great. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, let's start with a little bit of your yoga background, when you came to yoga, why you came to yoga and what that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, so I, my first yoga class I ever took was a free class or by donation class, um, in my lunch break on a floating rafty thing off of Ladybird Lake in downtown Austin. And I had a coworker that was going to a class and I was like, that sounds like something I need in my life. (laughs) Um, I, I just remember being just on the lake and like in awe of just what we were doing. It, you know, it was total, a total Austin moment, right? Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just knew it felt really good in my body and um I just kept going I had from there I just kind of practiced at home I I had like uh videos on whatever so I think it was Netflix but back when you would get the disc at you in the mail I think that's what it was there was nothing else (laughs) it was a long time ago um And then from there, I sort of would come in and out of a practice, right? Like, especially at times of a lot uh, of big moments in my life. So um, almost nine years ago, I got sober and um, realized that my body hurt a whole lot. (laughs) <laughs> and so I started up practicing again at home again um, and did a lot of yin yoga. Of course, I was processing a lot at the time. And I really think my yoga practice at that time in life really saved me. It was, it was um, invaluable. And um the same kind of situation occurred in the middle of the pandemic. You know, I hadn't practiced in a while and uh, came back to a home practice. And uh, we were in the process of opening a business here in Austin. And I thought uh, it's a brewery. And I thought I'd love to host yoga classes at the brewery. And I asked a group of moms that I'm like a member of a mom's club and I asked, if anybody would be interested in that. And they were all like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And one of them asked, would you be teaching the class? And I thought, um, well, I hadn't thought of that, but maybe I should. And so that's when I decided to pursue yoga teacher training um, through my vinyasa practice and recently completed my 200 hour certificate. Congratulations. I love that. Congratulations on all of the things on becoming sober and finding your practice and all of that. It's wonderful. Um, and I, I love that for a lot of people, yoga is something that they found when they needed something to kind of pull them back up. Yeah. Um, it was the same for me. Be in your body, right? Like there are moments in life when everything is so big and you really are looking for every reason to just get out of it. But I've learned the only way out of it is through it. And for me, that's what yoga allows a way through it. It gives me the 
the skills that I need to process those really hard emotions and physical things. Having, I've ha I have two babies, two children, one's 10, one's three. So they're not babies anymore, but I've had two babies. And, you know, one of the, like, I, childbirth would have been a totally different experience if I didn't have my yoga practice. And not that I was necessarily practicing um, a lot during my pregnancies, but it gave me skills to walk through these experiences with my head up and know that I'm going to be okay. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Of course. And they'll always be your babies. Oh, yeah. They can be babies. My mom calls me her baby. I'm almost 30, you know? Like, I'm not a baby mom. <laughs> you know everything I know, but you're my baby. <laughs> Sweethearts. I love that. So that leads me a little bit into our, my next question. Um, when did you get into tarot and why? Yeah. So again, during the pandemic, you know, it was such an opportunity for growth. It really, <laughs> those opportunities. So um, I'm a writer and I kind of approached tarot um, because I had, it's really kind of hard to remember now, um, but it was more through the lens of storytelling and using it as a tool uh, to, 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 to write fiction. Basically, so I was I was initially um, exploring the cards, kind of to explore characters in my stories and setting and scene and um, you know plot plot entire plots and um, I pretty quickly realized that I could do the same kind of readings for myself and for my own like inner growth and self-awareness. And so that's kind of how I started. I really like that the, I have peddled in fiction writing just a little bit when I was younger. So I really love that that, that is such a creative way yeah. to find inspiration. That is so cool. Yeah, I love it, that. It really, um, and like it just kind of opens. You know, you have this. You have an intuition as a writer. You have an intuition. You trust your the the story that's unfolding in your head, and then the cards kind of help. One, it helps give ideas. Um, you know, you're interpreting these basically pieces of artwork that tell the story. Um, and then it can hone where that story is going, right? Like, so you can, you can, it, it's not set in stone. So with tarot, um, I think traditionally people used the cards as a form of divination and you know, future telling, um, and that's still that's still done. Uh, but I think that the, for me, um, and what I tell people that I read for, the best way to use the cards is um, self exploration um, and helping you see possibilities, knowing that you have your free will, you have choices, and that often is when people come to tarot, they feel like they have no choices left. Um, they're really vulnerable places, uh, you know, emotionally or just in, in, in life. And they want to know it just needs a, a, a window to peer through, right? That is like a little wider than what their viewfinder is. I like that a lot. So it it's like possibilities, reminding that reminding you that there are possibilities and that you're not stuck. Okay. So it was used for divination and to tell the future. I think that's kind of the idea that I had 
you know, just kind of how media portrays it a little bit. Um, but I've always noticed the cards are beautiful. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about like what a set looks like or like? Yeah, so there are 78 cards total. Um, and you, you'll recognize like from a regular deck of playing cards, there, there are four suits. And uh, so uh, swords, pentacles, cups and wands. And um, in those four suits, there are 10 numbers. There's one through 10 or ace through 10. And the ace is always before the two. And then there are pages, jacks, queens and kings. Those are the, the core cards. And so in those, in those cards, um, it tells the arc of a, a full story. So an ace is the beginning, the start of a journey. Um, it's often portrayed uh, or depicted as a big hand, like the hand of the universe or whatever you think has a big hand, uh, holding <laughs> the, the object of the soup. So offering you a cup, a chalice, and it's filled, it's brimming over, it's, it's offering you all of this, everything. And it's up to you to choose what to do with it and where to go with it, to take the journey or not, right? And then um, it moves through beginning the earlier cards, the middle and the mid cards, and it ends at the tens, which sometimes feels a little dark and morbid and it feels like a real end. But in tarot, an end always, always means the beginning again. Like it always means the next cycle because when you get to the 10, you're about to level up into the court cards, right? So it's like you get a promotion into, and now you're a newbie again, right? In the court. So then there's the whole um, arc in the court cards. Um, and then in addition to the, the suits, there is, those are called the minor arcana. There's also the major arcana. So these cards, um, I believe there's 21, um, starting with zero, the fool. And so much like the ace, the fool is often depicted, I wish I had one out. Uh, it's often depicted as a person who is walking along, holding like a stick with a little, uh, you know, baggie at the end. He's maybe got a little dog or a companion of some kind. Sometimes they're holding an amethyst crystal and they're walking with their eyes closed a lot of the times and stepping off of a cliff, literally. And it's not, and there are a lot of times they're smiling. So it's not necessarily about walking into like disaster with your eyes closed, but it's more about taking the step into the unknown and trusting that the universe has a plan for you, that there is a journey ahead and you get to choose to take it or not. Um, and then so the major arcana also moves through the arc of a story and it ends with the world. And the world is often depicted with a woman or a figure walking through a big laurel wreath circle. And there's, you know, there's um, infinity symbols all over and she's, you know, holding a dagger thingy or um, I can't remember what they're called. At any rate, she's walking through this, this wreath and it's supposed to um, imply that it's the completion of a story, but again, it's always the next step. There's always something coming. There's a next story. Um, you know, when a door closes or when something comes to an end, something else materializes. Um, and so a lot of the, the major arcana, they really um, follow major uh, archetypes. So like, big moods, big feelings, big things in life. Um, so they can feel really, some of them are really a little scary. <laughs> some of them like uh, the tower, it's often, it's like the big 
it's a big tower being struck by lightning and people are like falling out of the windows when there's fire and it's terrifying. <laughs> Sometimes I think in original depictions of the cards, they were kind of meant to shock and, and make people feel a feeling of awe. Um, but really the tower is more about growth, you know, after a big event or disaster or something that feels catastrophic or life-changing. It might not even have to be catastrophic, just a big change. There is room there, you make space for growth and something new. Um, but then there's also cards like the sun and it's usually uh, it, it traditionally depicted by a, a baby riding on a white horse and a field of sunflowers growing behind them. And it's just like, I call it the happiness card. It's just like, it's a very positive card and it makes, it just makes me smile every time I draw it. <laughs> so there are three parts is kind of what I'm understanding or three like little areas. There's the... There's the major arcana and the minor arcana. And so the minor arcana, there's the ace through 10 and then page, jack, queen, king. Okay, that's what I was confusing. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so a deck comes with both of those, though, the major and the minor. That's right, yes. Okay, awesome. That's really cool. So my next question is, I've kind of I've heard that there's like this, this way you're supposed to come upon your, your cards, like the first pack is given to you or something like that. Um, I heard of that after I started exploring tarot. Um, I didn't know that. And... I just, uh, you know, felt drawn to explore. And I, I knew a friend who would occasionally um, post on Facebook, like, I'm drawing cards, anybody? And she would do it like around the new year or like big things. And um, uh, I asked her, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in like getting a deck of my own, like, where do I start? And she said, well, this is a really good book. She recommended Kitchen Table Tarot, which is the first book I got. And uh, she's like, this is, it makes, it's very approachable. It makes it make sense. And she recommended, I think it's called Modern Witch Tarot, which is a, a deck. Um, and, but she was like, just to, you know, look around and find what speaks to you. And I was like, okay, cool. So I looked at Modern Witch, but I ended up getting um, Llewellyn's uh, tarot deck, um, which is, this is the, uh, this is the uh, guidebook that came with it. It came in this really fancy box. Um, that is, it's pretty neat. Classic tarot by Llewellyn's Classic Tarot. Um, because I felt like I wanted to really learn because I knew I was going to be using it for storytelling. So I wanted to learn um, like the traditional kind of meanings and interpretations um, to get a really good grasp on it so that then I could start exploring other um, interpretations and, and be able to have this like, oh, so that often in Llewellyn's and traditionally is depicted in this way. And this is another person, uh, you know, sometimes a modern designer's interpretation of it. And how interesting is that, that I get to see this person who I can follow on Instagram, their understanding of the cards, um, you know, and read their guidebook. Um, my favorite that I, I use for my personal reading for me is called Lightseer's Tarot. This is the guidebook from, from it. And I just love, so here are the two cards that I pulled for our reading, right, or our, our meeting right before we, uh, we got on. I pulled the Seven of Swords and the Seven of Pentacles. And like, you know, when you boil it down, like you, you may have, no historical understanding of these two cards, but it's a piece of art. They're pieces of art and we interpret art immediately. We, 
we immediately have a, a feeling. Um, and that I think is what initially you're reading, right? And every person, every person has a different feeling for these cards, just like every person has a different feeling for a piece of artwork or story or just anything that's a, a creation, right? You have a, a, um, a, re a response to it. And so when I'm reading for other people, um, I'm almost acting like a channel, right? Like, so I'm pulling the cards for them and laying them down so that they can see them and have their reaction. And I'm telling them the, the interpretations that I know and that I've, I've you know, researched and studied and also what I feel, but then I give them the opportunity to tell me what comes up when they see this image. And it could be completely in line with what I'm, what I'm you know, jabbering away about, or they could be like, wow, that really makes me feel something totally different. And, and let me tell you about it. And that is 100% okay. You know, and that is how we talk about art. That's how we talk about um, creativity and creation, right? As have a conversation. In this case, it just happens to be across the table over some cards, which is super fun. I'm loving this. That speaks to me kind of like the, the message that we get in yoga. Like we're just giving you the tools, the way that you perceive it, the way that you use them, what you get out of it is dependent on you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you decided to start with the originals because um, I feel like that's kind of what we do when we study yoga, right? We start with what they started with and then see, okay, what their students started to learn. And I think that that's awesome. So tell me about the cards that you pulled for today. Oh, sure. Okay. So this is the seven of pentacles. So in this card, we see a figure who has clearly planted some seeds, right? He is, he is patiently tending this little shrub that he has. And he, so much so that the light seems to be pouring from his own hand. He, he is pouring himself into this little plant, right? Whatever it is that he might be growing. And he even has a little leaf that seems to be sprouting out of his thumb. I'm not sure if you can see it. So like, there's a lot of growth here, both in what he has created and, and tended to really diligently and in himself. Like, so I'm a gardener also. <laughs> this year has been very busy. So my garden is just growing away on its own out there. But, you know, in, in, in the past, you put yourself into those plants, right? Like your time, your, your sweat, you actually, your blood like goes into the earth and these plants sprout and grow. And clearly, if you look at my yard, they would do that on their own. <laughs> like they don't necessarily need us. But once we start this creation process, it becomes like a partnership. Um, so, I feel like this card to me spoke to uh, the growth that I've made through tarot and through this practice. Um, but also like, I feel like if, if this is kind of regarding us as a, in, like a, this interview partnership we've got going here, it could, it could be also about whatever growth that might come for you because of this conversation or for anyone listening, which is super cool. I'm so excited. I couldn't hit my unmute button. Um, <laughs> I love that. And that's kind of in line with how I felt when I saw it. I felt like a big sense of like, just care, just like deep, ultimate, like loving care. 
and that goes up with growth. I'm loving this. Oh, ah, this is great. I'm so excited. So that's seven of pentacles. You want me okay. to talk about seven of swords? Yes. Okay. Swords can be tough because swords are, are sharp. <laughs> so um, swords represent communication, right? They're the suit of the air elements. They um, and that's, I think, why they can be tough is because communication is tough. It's hard to be vulnerable, right? So in this card, we see a figure who's wearing a hoodie. He looks a little sus. He's got a dagger. And there's some crows. A lot of times, uh, swords will be depicted as crows. And these, these crows look really concerned. Like, they may be screaming. And it looks as if he's taken their feathers, right? So, so in a traditional depiction of this card, the figure um, has swords in his backpack and he'll have five swords in his backpack and two will be staked into the ground and he's rappelling down a cliff uh, and the, the two swords are left behind, right? So, in an upright position, this can be, can represent deceit. It can represent theft. Um, but in, in the same way that you can be, you can steal from yourself, right? Like you can steal your own time, you know, by it's the doom scrolling or whatever, or just not doing your Shavasana not leaving time for some, those kinds of things you can steal from yourself. You can be dis dishonest with yourself. Um, in the reverse position, which is how I drew it, um, it can mean needing to be honest, right? Like needing to really take a look at what you're doing and um, what you may be taking or what you may be leaving behind or just what you may be freely giving away. And, you know, sometimes I don't have a clear, this is what this means for this moment right now. But to me, this kind of, I get this card a lot, actually. I get this card a lot um, lately in storytelling, especially. So I'm writing a, a, a story, I'm writing a romance and I, had to set it aside for a while. It actually, it was a finalist in a manuscript competition. And after I got that news, I just was like, I, I had a conversation with a, an agent that was like, cool, cool, cool. I want you to change like a really fundamental part of it. I was like, oh, I don't want to. And like for almost a year, I have just been kind of sitting with it thinking, do I want to change that? Does it really matter that much to me? And I've decided, yes, it does. And that was just one agent. And that was just one opinion. Um, so I recently did a writing with, uh, writing with, it was writing with the elements. It didn't have to do with tarot necessarily, but I decided to draw cards during the workshop. And I, I drew this card. It was a, specifically about characters, developing characters. And I drew this card and I thought, oh, that's a new character. He's going in this book. And so <laughs> ever since that, that was like uh, about a month ago, I've drawn this card so often. And I'm like, maybe, I don't know. So, it's so often that I'm like, I need to probably uh, like step back and take a look. <laughs> and like, what, what is going on? Is this just the, cause to me, even, you know, everything has an energy, right? Everything has vibration. Everything is connected in that way. And I think that even to me, my characters have energy because they're part of me. Even if I'm not like writing a character named Haley who got sober and then decided to write and then become a yoga teacher, all that stuff. Every one of our characters is a little piece of us. So they have a little bit of energy. And sometimes I wonder if this guy 
why is this guy, why is this guy coming out so much? Like, why is he being revealed to me? Um, at the very least, for this conversation, it may just mean, you know, we're having a conversation about something and I'm, I'm giving you part of my energy. I don't know. It could be that. It could be just more, more to be revealed. I really enjoy that imagery a lot. And I kind of like that there's that city in the background too. Oh, it's really neat. And I'm, there's so much to it. The more that I sit and I look at it, the more that I feel like I can interpret the pieces. Um, but when you first brought it up out and showed it to me, I didn't even notice that this was a bird in the front. I didn't even notice that those were feathers. I thought those were daggers in the air. Why? I don't know. But interesting. Yeah. I like this. One exercise to do with a with with a reading with with cards kind of on your own um, is to draw a card and just like stare at it for a full minute and just look at what you see initially, what becomes clearer, what brightens, what colors are, you know, really standing out for you. And it could be different every time you draw the card. Like, I didn't even notice the moon in this card this time that I pulled it because I've seen it so many times. I always notice the moon in most cards because I'm a moon person. <laughs> I'm a cancer. We, we're, we're of the moon. We do the moon. Um, and I just, it didn't jump out at me initially until I, we talked about it and I looked at it more closely. So that is a really, really fun exercise to do, you know, and over time you can end up going through your entire deck and really spending time with each card. I think that is really neat and indicative of like the how this is really up to interpretation and I feel like it gets a really bad name or a really bad rap with people who don't understand it because they think it's a very like specific thing like I'm pulling this card and this is what it means about this thing but it can be different for everyone I think that makes it a lot more approachable yeah if I if I think of myself as like especially as I'm reading for others um, that this is not about me. This is about a connection between two humans and allowing the energy of the universe in. I'm like, oh, uh, someone described this. I was talking to someone about Reiki actually, but she described it as um, you are like a hollow reed, like a tube, like the universe is channeling through you to them. I was like, that makes so much sense for tarot. That's like, that's like what it is. You're, you're, you're just, you're a channel, you're a guide. And we're having a discussion about some beautiful cards. I think that, I think that that's the dangerous piece for me because I've seen decks before, right? I've seen them in places and I can see myself collecting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> it is okay. There's worse things to, to spend your money on. <laughs> there are worse things. Oh, can I show you? I mean, okay, so this is, you know, the Life Seers Tarot. This is the pretty box that it comes in. It's just so, I love it. It's so like this deck to me, and I think that this, the, the creator's name is Chris Ann. I think that she intended it for to, to, to be all about healing and recovery from whatever, just healing. And that is what it has been for me. And then, you know, there's the classic Llewellyn's. There's, this is the Book of Shadows. I just got this. Um, it's the Book of Shadows, volume two. So it says, as above, so below. And um, in this deck, um, so the so 
for for cups uh there's mermaids in in the cards for wands no for swords there's fairies like the air element for wands there's uh salamanders which are associated with fire the fire element salamanders are fire Wait, i think i lost you oh there you are oh sorry no 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 you're good it, it's my it's my internet um okay let me make a note so i can edit this out i'm so sorry okay so you said there's fairies that was the last one i heard so for cups it's mermaids for swords there's fairies for wands it's uh salamanders because wands are associated with the fire element and salamanders are like a fire creature and for uh pentacles it's gnomes <laughs> because gnomes are uh because pentacles are associated with the earth element and it's just um it's 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 a little witchy like it's a little like on the witchy side as above so below and um this particular volume two i was reading is is more about the so below so it's more about the kind of mundane things in life which is like how you know we practice those kinds of spiritual elements um let's see what else oh this one i don't have i haven't used this one a lot because i need to really sit and study it um tarot of the divine it's all about every card is related to a folktale so the depiction i need to study each card and do that do that whole study exercise um because and even it, the, the guidebook so the guidebook talks about each one of these stories right but it's a it's a page so i really want to devote the time to looking up each one of these stories and from all different cultures from all over the world and really understanding the stories um, because and and seeing how that uh relates to the to the interpretation that i know from all of my other research uh but that's that would be a really fun really big project <laughs> that i will do someday i'm so intrigued by that that the deck and then the process that sounds so fun oh that's so exciting okay I'm definitely going to have to get myself a deck after you this. You should. Definitely. I'm, I'm feeling it. But the question is, will I be able to choose one? It's going to be hard. Start with one. Start with one. Okay. Should I start with the, the simple one? Um, I think start with whatever like is calling to you, right? Okay. Look up. So I, you know, thought, um, all of mine, except for this one, I bought this one in a shop in Austin, but all of mine came from the internet. Like I ordered them and they were delivered to my house um, because I started in the pandemic and I wasn't about to go out and find one from wherever. Um, and I just looked through, I did a search and I looked through a bunch of, of I tried to look at not just the cover or the box, but also if there were any cards that I could see in um, like in on the online stores or however, um, and just see if the imagery speaks to me. Because, you know, if, if you don't feel a connection to the images themselves, you might not have a super big connection to the cards. And um, I, that actually is feedback that I've heard from several people that they started with a deck uh, that may was maybe was popular, but um, the imagery was really sparse or really dark, like really intense. And they just didn't, it, maybe it was recommended to them, but they didn't have a connection to it. And they were like, I really wanted to, it just wasn't working. And then I got this other deck, whatever it might've been that I really liked and it was really pretty and whatever, whatever reason spoke to them and they immediately had a connection to tarot you know and felt it so that's what i would recommend if you do some searching you could nowadays now you could probably go to a shop and look around and feel them like pick up the box you might not be able to might, might not be allowed to open them but you could 
feel a box. See if you feel any energy or tingles or whatever you might feel, sensations. And yeah, go with what speaks to you. I'm excited. I love that. Okay. I have so many more questions, I feel like, about so many things. And we're, we're, we're coming up on time. Okay. Um, I'm good for a little bit longer if you want to ask more. Okay. 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 Cool. Wonderful. So, so when you have, you, you've kind of touched on this a little bit, when you have a session with someone, it's kind of like a conversation. You pull the cards and then it's like a, a discussion. So can you tell me a little bit about like what that might look like? Yeah. So sometimes I design a reading, um, they're called spreads, like the way the cards are set up um, based on kind of like, I, I ask the person how they're, how they're feeling, if they have any big things going on that they want to ask the tarot about, do they have any you know, burning questions uh, that they need guidance on or just like a, a perspective on. Um, and it could be something as like vague as like, I've had some health stuff and I wanna know what what's going on, what's next? Or, you know, the tarot is not going to give you medical advice, but it can, open a window into a, a new way of looking at something, right? Um, or I recently did a reading for someone who was about to go on a vacation. Uh, and the last time they tried this vacation um, was before the pandemic. And they just kind of had a negative experience. Like they got pickpocketed and some uh, rough things happened. And they were just curious how to approach this new adventure in a basically whole new world to the same place that they'd been before. Um, and, and just how to, how to go into this, you know? And so we can ask questions like, what energy do I possess already? Can I bring into this situation? Or, um, you know, what needs to be healed in this situation? Or what, action can I take? What's my action? So I really like a reading to be more about a solution than like living in the scary or whatever. Um, and, and learning about, or like taking a perspective on, on what to do, some ideas of what to do that often gives you a possible solution. Um, so those kinds of readings can be designed specifically around a question, or you can design a reading around like for the, we just had a really big, amazing full moon on Sunday was the super flower blood moon and there was a lunar eclipse. So it was like huge energy, right? And so a lot of times um, full moon energy is about release and letting go of anything that may not serve you anymore. Uh, so I sometimes do readings around the full moon about um, what can I let go of and um, what do I need to hold on to, right? What is no longer serving me and what should I focus on in this next cycle? Um, you can do similar things about manifestation around the new moon the new moon is all about planting the seeds of things that will grow during the cycle. So you can do like manifestation questions around the new moon. Um, I've done readings for myself around a past life. What past life is influencing my situation right now? Because I believe that our past lives still are, you know, are all within us in our, our being. Um, and they influence what's going on with us now. And a lot of times it means that past life may, there may be something that needs to be healed there within you. And, and it can give you 
a, a way to focus, a way, an action to pursue, something to think about. Um, uh, you can do sim something similar with um, ancestors, like not necessarily your specific past life, but your uh, ancestors. And that could mean a lot of different things. Ancestors mean a lot of different things to different people. Um, so it could be your actual ancestors that lived before you and were blood related to you, or it could mean spirits that surround you, things like that. Um, so what ancestors are influencing my life now? There's a lot of things. Like So in storytelling, you can do readings on plot, on character, on setting, on an entire story. It's the possibilities are really endless. I love that. The, that full moon was beautiful, by the way. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. That's really neat to, to think about harnessing the energy that way, because when we, I mean, people do things with like crystals and stuff like that. I mean, so why not? It makes total sense. That's awesome. So how long do they typically last? Does, does it depend on the person and like, um, so I like to do three cards, three cards is a good, um, rounded like you get a it really gives you a clear picture um that usually takes 45 minutes to an hour um you know and if i'm if i'm reading for myself and i'm journaling while i'm reading i i could sit all morning or all evening <laughs> it depends on how much my family needs me to you know do for them <laughs> to be present yeah so do you pull for yourself every day oh um, no 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 i would love to i would love to and there's a lot of people that do pull you know a card a day and they they set it down and let it let leave it somewhere where they can see it all day long and um that is a really great practice i prefer to give it more time, like have more time available to really dig deeper into whatever, whatever I'm, uh, you know, whatever I'm asking about. Um, so I don't have that kind of time every day. If I did, I, I it would be amazing. <laughs> but I just let it be what it is, you know? I feel like I would get really distracted by having it out all day. And I'd want to like, like you said, kind of return to it and think about it some more and like be there with it and not just see them passing. Um, that giving it time to percolate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much, Haley. I appreciate this. Um, is there, is there anything else that you want to share today? Um, services you offer a website you want to talk about anything specifically so my website is haleyplaw-author.com and people can find my tarot services there and also my writing and editing services there because i think to me tarot is so connected to storytelling that it's all grouped together for me and then also my Instagram is Haley P. Law. Awesome. And for the listeners, I will also have that in the description. So please don't worry if you missed it. Okay. One last burning question. Do you have a favorite card in the deck? Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I have two favorite cards. I hope I can find them. Hold on. Um, Here's one right up the bat, the star. Oh, that's beautiful. So the star is about holding on to the thing that you want to keep focus on, your guiding light. You know, um, I, just, I like the heart string. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful card, especially in this deck. It's a beautiful card. So this is one of my birth cards. And to find your birth, I know I just opened the whole door to <laughs> like something. 
So to find your birth card, you um, there's calculators online to find your, your birth card. And it's a, you like add all the digits in your birth date until you get to um, a single digit number somehow. But for some reason I have two and I, I can't completely remember why, but it's because it, like they couldn't go any further. Let me find the other one because I pull this one a lot too. Yeah. It's gonna be on the complete opposite side of the deck. Watch. I mean, the other one was so conveniently placed. This one has to be on the other side. This it? Now I'm panicking. Oh, no, here it is. So this is strength. And so a lot of times the figure will be um, with, uh, she'll be putting her hand inside of the mouth of a lion. So she's like petting a lion. In this depiction, she is the lion, right? So it's all about um, taming a beast and having the strength to tame the beast. And in this, which this is so me, um, having the strength to tame the beast within and the beast may be ready to eat that little lamb, but you have the strength to keep, <laughs> to, you know, We've talked about it before and I think in the book club is to not like yell at your children in the middle of the grocery store or something like that you know like it takes strength to do those things but it also takes strength to recognize that that little lamb is also within you right like that's also part of you so you're not a beast all the time you're also really vulnerable and sensitive and delicate so these are these are my two birth cards Strength and the Star, and they're definitely my favorite because together they just, I, I, I it, they're so appropriate for me. <laughs> like I have to keep my focus and to do that, I need strength. And they're just really wonderful reminders for me of how I want to show up in the world. You have two beautiful birth cards. Like that's great. How awesome. These two especially, like they're pretty in, in traditional decks, but like this deck, the Lightseer Tarot deck is so pretty. It's almost hard to have negative, like aversions to cards because yeah. they're also pretty. <laughs> I think that that's nice though. And what a, what a great way to like be creative and kind of explore yourself and what draws you by looking at the art. Thank you so much again. I'm... We're, we might have to have you back on to talk more, uh, but I appreciate you so much for your time, your space, your energy, and your wisdom. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. Of if you course. want a reading, I'm here. I will let you know. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time.